Hi everybody, I'm Sass Busby, editor of Flying Solo. Welcome to our weekly podcast where we step inside the minds and lives of soloists and small business owners. Today's guest is a thought leader in the small business space, John Gardiner. Now, John has decades of experience in small business, from consulting to major shopping centres to operating his own chain of sunglasses stores to starting an IT business long before the internet was booming. He's had a lot of success and a smidgen of failure, but what he's learned over the years about business is enough to fill a book. So it's pretty wonderful that he's finally written one. Three Secrets to Business Success. Now, if you've ever wanted to get a grasp on the fundamentals of business success, well, John has plenty of valuable advice to share. And he joins us on Flying Solo today to chat about all things business, from purpose to needs and wants and learning from failure. Hi, John. Welcome to the show. Thanks for joining me today. Good morning, Sis. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. I'm very pleased that it's sunny today because I've had too much rain. How's your weather? Sounds like birds whistling in the background there. Yeah, it's just beautiful. We're up on the top of a hill, so we've got birds in trees, and it's just very, very, um, what would you call it? There's a serenity up here right now. Oh, very nice. Lovely. Mm. <laughs> now, John, I don't want to make you sound old, but you have had decades and decades and decades of experience as a, as a business owner. Um where did that business bug come from in the first place? Were you one of those little kids that was on the corner with the lemonade stand? Not really. I, I wanted to be a rock star. And, and when I left school, I was uh, lead singer of a, a very successful band in Brisbane for about four years. And, uh, and that gave me a taste for it. And it, it also told me that uh, the music business wasn't for me. Um, but I had the normal corporate career of about 13 or 14 years working for large shopping centre companies and real estate companies, uh, which gave me a great grounding in, in commerce. Um, but I've been, uh, been leasing shopping centres for a couple of years and then I decided to go out into my own uh, contracting business and I leased shopping centres for up and down uh, the eastern seaboard of Australia for about uh, oh, 12 years, I guess. And that was my first business. And then in 1993, um, I'd been looking at retail for a long time. And I thought, this isn't all that difficult. You find out what people want, put it on the shelf, let them buy it and buy some more. You know, as long as you're in a good spot, <laughs> it's, it sounds pretty good. So we bought a crappy old sunglass store up at Malula Bar at the Wharf, which isn't exactly retail central. But um, it, it did pretty well. And then we started a couple of others. We uh, we built a couple more in Caloundra and Kiwana, both in shopping centres, and we had them for quite a few years. It was very profitable, but then again, that was in the 90s when retail was just it. You know, if you wanted something, you had to go to the shop. Now it's totally different. And I'm, Shopping centres were destinations, weren't they? They were. They Kids were. would go to hang out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We're on a hot, people. hot day, you'd go there because it's air-conditioned or, you know, and they've got movie theatres there and all that sort of stuff. There are even some in the United States with ice skating rinks. And so it's it's more of an experience these days shopping than, than just that drudge of, you know, having to buy stuff. Um, but uh, I saw the end, not the end of retail, but I saw that retail was going to be affected by the internet. So uh, we sold in the late 90s. Um, and by the way, the, the businesses are all still going. Um, they're all still trading. So they were great businesses. And... Um, and I, I got seduced by the internet and I thought, this is just a, a lay down mosaic. Just find out something that people want and you put it up there and people will buy it. And, 
guess what? It didn't quite work out that way. Uh, one of them was very successful, but the other one I did my shirt on. Um, and uh, that was that is actually the, the subject of Chapter 3 of the book um, that we'll talk about later. But um, it was an incredibly, um, what would you call it, a life-changing uh, moment for me when I when I made the the realization of this uh, of this secret. So yeah, it was uh, it was a lot of fun. It's been a lot of fun. I've I've now got a global distribution business that I've had for about twenty four years, and um, I just uh, I've just been having fun with business for thirty eight years now. How's COVID impacting the distribution business? Oh no problem at all. We we have just gone crazy. Yeah. Um, in that time, uh, it's gone absolutely nuts. Yeah, that's um, great. Oh, it's fantastic. Um, we do well in when things are bad, so it's it's, it's again, it's kind of counterintuitive, but it's uh, it's the way it works. Mm. So, let's talk about the fact that um, that you have written this book. Why, obviously, you have all this knowledge. Why did you suddenly realise it was time to put pen to paper and share some of that knowledge that you had with other business owners? Well, says we were living on the Sunshine Coast and we moved back to Brisbane. And when I moved back to Brisbane, I started writing articles. I, I discovered, kind of, well, kind of discovered LinkedIn. And I started writing articles to LinkedIn. And after I'd written about 24, and, and this all, the, the whole thing was just about stuff that I'd encountered, stuff that I'd learned, stuff that, that was, you know, the basic, the fundamentals of business. Um, and after I'd written about 24, I looked at them and I thought, if, if I sort of put all these together and edited them all up, it might make a, a, a resource for people who are looking to start their own business and or even existing business owners who are wanting to scale, but they're, they're, um, they're having trouble, they're struggling to scale. And one of the other reasons I put them together was because I ended up with about 10,000 followers on, on LinkedIn. And I thought, maybe I'm, I'm striking a nerve here. Maybe I'm, what I'm saying is, is what people want to listen to, so or read. So I put the book together uh, and called it the Three Secrets of Business Success. Now, says there are obviously more than three secrets of business success, <laughs> but if if I said it was the three hundred and twenty five secrets of business success, nobody would read the book. <laughs> I was just going to say that. <laughs> Surely, there's more than three secrets. <laughs> there are more than three secrets. There's there's, there's about a dozen fundamentals. Um, to, to explain it, I guess if you were, if uh, and, and it's on at the moment, Wimbledon, all right, and let's say that you knew nothing about tennis and you walked onto a tennis court and you thought to yourself, I wonder what all those lines are for and I wonder what that bit of fishing net across the court is and I've got a racket and ball here, but what do I do with it? Where do I hit it? What? How do I score? How do I win? And... That kind of attitude or that kind of approach is, is where most people go in small business. They start without actually learning the fundamentals, which is one of the reasons why we have such an extraordinary failure rate of small business. Um, yeah, it's true. Just because you have a passion for something doesn't mean that you will know how to put it into action so it's a successful business. I think that, that that's often where people go wrong. They, they really love doing something and go, yes, this will be a great business. And then there's like, oh, but I don't know how to do a, you know, a business plan or a budget or a... <laughs> well, yeah, that's exactly right. Or, or even knowing the fundamentals before you even do a business plan. Uh, and 
and it's a it's if if you were going to play tennis, let's continue with the tennis analogy. Um, you've got to learn how to you know what all the lines are for and the rules and all that sort of stuff. But you've got to learn how to 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 forehand, backhand, lob, serve, dink, you know, back and and all that sort of stuff before you can actually play. And the day you start, you're not going to beat Roger Federer or Rafa Nadal, although he's got a stomach problem at the moment. That's a, that is a problem. But um, an advantage for some. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's exactly right. Um, so, but most people go into into business, and and the problem that they have is is that they don't have a problem. Now, what I mean by that is, most people start with a, a solution. You know, they develop an itch, a, a widget or an app or a, a piece of software or a product, and then they go looking for a problem to solve. And, and that's not the way to do it. Is the, the first thing you've got to do is figure out if you don't, if what you've developed doesn't solve a problem, you haven't got a business. But that's the way most people start. They, they start with this terrific idea, as you said, you know, oh, this is great. You know, everyone's going, everyone needs this. And they end up in trouble and end up failing because they're not solving a problem. They've just come up with a solution without actually addressing a problem. They need to find the pain points and then shape the business around that. Yeah, yeah. You know, what do people want? It, it's, it, I, I use the analogy of, of if you go into to Bunnings, by the way, nobody goes to the hardware store anymore. They go to Bunnings, right? <laughs> and if, if you go to Bunnings to buy a drill bit, you know what I mean by a drill bit, Sis? Yes, I do. Right? If you go I'm into a handy woman, what do you mean? Well, I, I'm not being <laughs> condescending. I just need to check. That's all. <laughs> but if if you go into to Bunnings to buy a drill bit, do you really want a drill bit? No, not necessarily. Well, the answer is <laughs> I might what? like to browse and <laughs> look at a few other things as well. Well, uh, absolutely. But if you go in to buy a drill bit, you don't really want a drill bit. You want a hole. <laughs> Isn't that right? You want to hang a picture or, you know, put something up or whatever. And, and that's where most people go wrong. They, they, they start with the drill bit, whereas people want a hole. And so if people go looking for the hole, if people who want to start a business go looking for the hole instead of the drill bit, they'll discover what people want. And then you can develop something to, to address that problem. But if you start with the solution first, you've got a problem. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, that's actually an interesting analogy. I would probably never have put it that way. But... <laughs> <laughs> well, but it's it's what I, I guess what we're talking about is the fundamentals of of business. You know, like for instance, let me let me give you an example. If you put um, say a hundred business people, existing business people, into a room, and and ask them this question: What is the true purpose of a business? Do you know what 80% of them will say straight off the bat? No. What? To make money. Oh, really? And you know what? They're wrong. Mm. And I know that's, again, that sounds counterintuitive, but if you go after the money, people can smell you a mile away and they will not do business with you. The only way that people are going to do business with you if they know, like, and trust you. Now, that's an old adage, but it's so true. Now, the only way that people are going to get to know, like, and trust you is if you find if is if you go and find out what is troubling them, where their problem is, as you said, what their pain point is. 
all right, and and see if you can solve that problem. Um, that's that's the true purpose of a business is to help people solve their problems. But a lot of people go into it for the money, and that's one of the reasons they fail. This is one of the fundamentals. This is like sort of commercial philosophy 101. You've got to figure out what the true purpose of a business is and then work from there, not, you know, come up with a widget and then hope for the best. Mm. I would agree. That whole why, you need to know why you're doing something. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, you know, I've, I've had business coaches, and this is that was chapter one, by the way, That that's, uh, that's one of the, the secrets. Um, don't give away uh, all the chapters. We want people to well, buy it. Okay, look, look, <laughs> look. I'd love people to buy the book, but but you know, I. But your purpose is to share the knowledge. It is. It really is. I've I've been lucky enough to be successful in business. Um, after thirty eight years, you'd reckon I would. And um, my my sort of give back is to. That's why I put. That's why I put the book together. That's why I wrote the articles. Is to educate people. Is to to what the the true path is for for business or for people starting businesses and existing business owners. I mean, if an existing business owner looks at his business and says, "What problem do I solve?" and they don't they don't have a problem that they solve, that's why they're unsuccessful and that's why they can't scale. So, if if we've gotten solid on our why why we're doing what we we're doing. We've found a problem and we've got a solution for the problem. What's next? How do we make sure that, you know, people hear that we've got this problem? Like simply, I guess it's marketing, but like how do you get your marketing right? Okay. There's, a, there's another filter that you need to, um, you need to, to sort of overlay um, this over your business. And that is, um, this is the free chapter in the book, by the way. If people go to the website, they can get this for free. But let me explain it to you, if, if you don't mind. It's the difference between needs and wants. Now, to put it very simply, we all need to go to the dentist every six months and have a checkup. Do we want to? <laughs> no. We all need to get up at 4.30 in the morning and go for a run to get rid of this little flabby tummy that's sitting there. Do we want to? No way. And we all need to pay more tax. Do we want to? No. So it's quite normal to need something and not want it. Mm. Now, if you need something but you don't want it, you've got to be convinced that you want it. Mm. Okay? If you want something, you've already made the decision. You're just looking for a seller. So the need, the need to want um, path is, is littered with advertising, marketing, social media, Google's, SEO, the whole nine yards of, of, of marketing and advertising. But if you have something that people want, in other words, they've made the decision, all you have to do is tell them that you're there. You don't have to convince them to buy something. Now, this is one of the secrets of, of, of business, is try not to be in the needs business, but be in the wants business. If you can be in the wants business, it's a whole lot easier. It's a, it's a road that is has no potholes in it. It's just a smooth ride. Whereas if you get into something and you, you look at your app or your, your widget or your, your piece of software or product and say, well, everybody needs this. By the way, this is I've done this. It's cost me, in 2001, this, this whole thing cost me over $80,000. And it was a very, very 
um, hurtful um, bruise to the ego, to the commercial ego. I can tell you, but I learnt the lesson, and and this is one of the reasons I wrote the book is to so that people can learn these lessons before they enter business, so they don't start in the wrong in the wrong channel. They they start in the right channel, which is wants, not needs. Because needs, as I said, you know, we all need to go to the dentist, but do we want to? No. Um, that's that's really one of the secrets of, of business is to is to understand that you need to be in the wants part of the of the market, not the needs. Mm. So, what was the the business that you lost your um, your pants on? <laughs> <laughs> it was one of the. It was one of the. Um, uh, I started two IT businesses in the early 2000s when we'd sold the shops. And one of them was very successful. It was a computer training uh, business for CEOs and uh, chairs of boards and directors of companies, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, just the top 2 or 3% of the market. And that was very successful. And I sold that business during the dot-com boom. But the other one was, and, and you're going to laugh at this, sis, but in, in the early 2000s, CD-ROMs for business was a huge market. Now I, you know, they're, they're like drink coasters now, but but you know, CD ROMs were huge in those days, and I started um, to develop, or I developed. And in fact, I've got one sitting on the filing cabinet here, just to remind me of this this uh, commercial e- ego <laughs> idiot yeah, folly. All right, yeah, exactly. Um, and I looked at it and I thought, well, I can put uh, all these business letters into onto a CD. Everybody, everybody in business needs these letters. All right, how to do stuff, etc., cetera, etc., cetera. and you know what? Nobody wanted it, and it cost me a lot of money. And I advertised the hell out of it and, and produced a stack of them because I was convinced that that people would want or would would want what I had, but they only needed it; they didn't want it, and nobody bought it, like nobody, you know. Um, and it was it was <laughs> it was soul destroying. Says it really was. It was terrible, but it was the best lesson I've ever learned. And and that's kind of what the book's all about is is to teach people or to to share with people the lessons that not only I have learned but thousands and probably millions of business owners who are successful have learned. Um, I was doing some numbers the other day, and let's say that a hundred thousand people started in Australia started a business next year. Now, um, there's going to be a huge failure rate. Yeah, like, it's, it's like, like four four out of five will will eventually fail, supposedly yeah, exactly. statistically. Yeah. That's exactly right. There's there's eighty thousand people who are going to lose. Say, even if you put conservatively at conservatively at fifty thousand dollars each, that's a stack of money that's wasted. And and it's not just the money; it's the collateral damage. You know, the mortgage. You know, the the. Um, repossessed houses and cars and divorces and all that sort of stuff that happens because people start a business and they don't really know what they're doing. It's like walking onto the tennis court without knowing anything about tennis and expecting to beat Roger Federer. Ain't going to happen. So what's the answer? Get the book. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Seriously, it's, it's not the the be all and end all. It's only a 76 page book says, and, and, um, it's it's like a three hundred page book without the padding. Um, it's easy to read, and 
people who are looking to go into business or people who have just started in business or even existing business owners will learn a lot from the book. I can guarantee that. Mm. Um, and they don't, don't have to, either. sorry, I was just going to say, they don't have to make the same mistakes as you. They can learn from your failures. And that's a great thing for everyone. <laughs> Not necessarily exactly. that you had to have that failure in the first place, but great that you learn. <laughs> Well, yeah, that's right. It was very expensive for me, but but uh, hopefully that will help a whole stack of people. For instance, um, Seth, when I started, when I put the book together, I I, uh, I rang a friend of mine um, and said, "Look, would you have a look at the book? And if if you think it's worthwhile, I'd love you to give me a testimonial." And the guy's name is and and my name is John Gardner, but this guy is no relation. But I've known him for many years at the Sunshine Coast. His name is Greg Gardner. Mm. Now, Greg Gardner owns G.J. Gardner Homes. You've probably heard of them. Mm. Yes. Okay. Um, anyway, Greg rang me the next day and he said, I love your book, but I'm not going to write a testimonial. And I said, no, that's okay. That's cool. And he said, no, no, you don't understand. I want to write the forward to this book. And I said, what's going on? And he said, look, what you've put in this book is how I have built myself and the and the company, G.J. Gardner Homes, to be the second largest custom home builder on the planet. And he said, what you've put in this book is exactly how I've done it. And I thought, well, that's, that's kind of interesting. So I sent it to some other people I was on a board with at the time, and, and they all came back, like ex-managing director of Bank of Queensland, loved it. Uh, Ex-vice president of Dell for Europe, loved it. Um, so there are a lot of people who were commercial luminaries who actually really like the fact that somebody's written about the fundamentals of, book, of business, not just the, the tricky bits. Mm. And you've put it in layman's terms where it, it's easy to read. People can take your lessons and, and put them to use straight away. Um, look, a lot of people have read the book and they've come back to me and said, this is just fantastic. I love it, um, you know, especially the needs and wants or the true purpose of a business or whatever they, they've come back with. And, um, in fact, it's, it's kind of interesting. Uh, late last year, I, uh, I applied for an export grant because I thought I, I really want to take this into the United States because I think there's a big market there that could be helped. And I ended up getting the export grant. It was, it was kind of interesting, Cess, because the guy who was doing the, the assessment said to me, look, a book isn't really export, you know. And I said, well, look, let me ask you a question. If I develop some proprietary software here in Australia and then people started buying that software in the United States, would that be an export? And he said, well, yeah, of course. I said, well, it's the same thing. It's just intellectual distribution. He said, you're right. So I'm, I'm doing a tour later this year of the United States, uh, a book tour, which will be all radio interviews, TV interviews and all that sort of stuff like this like we're doing now, podcasts and videocasts and all that. That's great. What gave you the idea to, to apply for an export grant? Because that is pretty left-field thinking. <laughs> well, you're right, but it's, it's, it's kind of the way I roll. Um, um, only because if you start with the, with the problem, which is a lot of people fail in small business, and then the book is, is part of the solution. It's not the solution, but it's part of the solution. Uh, to help people not fail in business, um, then you want to get that message out to as many people as you can. I mean, I'm thinking of doing a you know Canada UK tour as well um, to just get the message out that you don't have to be a failure in small business 
you can be successful if you learn the fundamentals. Just like if you learn the fundamentals in tennis, you'll be able to play tennis. And if you practice enough, you might get pretty good at it. Mm. Practice makes perfect, they say, John. <laughs> well, absolutely. And, and a friend of mine actually uh, described the book. He said, look, to use the tennis analogy, your book is about how to hit the ball, not where to hit the ball. And you've got to learn how to hit the ball before you learn where to hit the ball. Yeah. So we've spoken a bit about the finding the why, finding finding the hole, not being the drill bit, being the hole. Yep. <laughs> um, I can't believe you made me say that. <laughs> Who are you calling a hole? <laughs> and um, the next layer of the needs and the wants, um, what what is something else, another fundamental that business owners should be thinking about? Is it, what about, um, do you go into stuff like staffing or, you no. know, hire no. the, hire the right, <laughs> hire the, the gap kind of thing or? What? Well, yes, yeah, yeah, to a degree I do, but, but it's more in passing than, than a, a, an actual chapter of the book. That is kind of where to hit the ball, not how. Um, so we're, we're talking sort of high level um, commercial philosophy, but, one of the things that I, I'm a great fan of, you probably, do you uh, know of an actor called John Wayne? <laughs> yes. Okay. The Duke. I've asked many millennials and they go, who, what? <laughs> I'm um, no millennial, I just sound Right, <laughs> okay, cool. Um, but John Wayne is, is very, uh, very famous for um, a lot of sayings that he, he, he actually put together. But one of them that is my favourite is he said, life is hard. But it's even harder if you're stupid, and that's that's actually the 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 sub chapter or the sub heading of one of the one of the chapters in the book, and it's about business ego, and um, we one of the secrets of business is to leave your ego at home, okay? And I've seen this happen so many times, with, especially with retailers, who somebody comes in with something that's broken or as you know as whatever, you know, and, and the, the retailer will start arguing with the customer because they want to win. They, they want to, you know, they, they don't want to pay or they don't want to give a, another product or whatever, a, a replacement or repair or, or give them their money back. And so they will argue black and blue um, until the customer goes away really unhappy. Now, that customer is going to tell probably a dozen to 17 people about their negative experience with that retailer. That's going to hurt the retailer. If the retailer was smart and forgot his ego or her ego, they would replace, repair or give them or, you know, refund the the product and that person will probably do business with you again. But no, they have to argue with people. Now, you've seen this happen. You've probably had people, argue, you know, retailers or people selling, selling you stuff, probably try to argue with you. There's no point in it. And that's one of the secrets. It's you've got to leave your ego at home. Most, most people don't. They, I don't know why. Um, I had a friend of mine who had 14 pharmacies and he used to tell his staff, and he had hundreds of staff, and he used to tell his staff, don't argue with people. Replace, repair, refund. All right. And he said it's less than one percent of our, you know, returns are less than one percent of our turnover. 
But he said, every time I walk into one of my shops, here's somebody arguing, one of my staff arguing with customers. It doesn't do you any good. It, it, it kills your business. I think that um, they call them terrorists as opposed to advocates. That's what you turn the customer into. <laughs> exactly. Well, you know, you know, there's four types of customers. There's suspects, prospects, customers, and advocates. And obviously the smartest people will go after the advocates and try to, to make all their customers into advocates. And that way you don't have to keep spending money on advertising. You, you know, people will refer people to you. It's fantastic. It's the way to do business. Yeah, word of mouth is still probably the best form of marketing you can Buy ever get. Buy a country mile, Sess, because there's credibility goes with the referral. Mm. It goes back to that trust proposition you were talking about earlier. Yeah, know, like, and trust, exactly. Mm. Um, and, and the only way to get to know, like, and trust somebody is to actually ask them questions in, a, in a, a, one of the, the chapters in the book is called dialogue, and, and that's the way that you communicate with your customers, and it explains how to do that. By the way, Sess, I'm writing a, a, a course, a business course that is based around the book, um, which is a deep dive into the book, um, and that'll be coming out in a couple of months. Well, that, I'm sure, will be a fantastic resource for business owners. Will you run that out of your site? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the whole thing will go out of... I'm building a new website at the moment. Um, so the website I've got at the moment, uh, that I started with is kind of pretty ordinary. Um, but it, it, you know, it did for the book, but it's it's got to have a lot more stuff in it when I put the course in there. So, um, yeah, so I've got a new website coming up. But it'll have the same address. Backing it up onto those CD-ROMs. <laughs> 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 oh no, we're, no, no, we're into DVDs now, Seth. <laughs> We've really progressed. Wow. Isn't that incredible? You know, now, do you know what? This is in 1994 at Mooloola Bar, at, at um, the Hogsbreath Cafe in Mooloola Bar. A guy came in and showed us a CD ROM. I'm not talking about a CD ROM driver or, uh, or, um, or recorder. I'm just talking, talking about one CD-ROM, just the disc. Do you know how much it was? No. $495. Oh, my God, really? I'm not kidding. $495. And I just got blown away by that because, um, you know, how... Because remember how that... all your programs used to be on CD-ROM and stuff. Yeah, Like exactly. Word and <laughs> yeah. when you bought Office, it was on CDs. On CD, <laughs> that's right, exactly. Um, look, it, it blew me away how quickly that whole CD-ROM thing just died um, as soon as new technology came out. So that's, that's also discussed in the book is that keeping an eye on that, you know, um, there was a, a thing uh, from a Bond movie I, I pinched, which was talking a guy talking to James Bond and he said, you're a kite dancing in a hurricane. And that's what we are with, with technology. There's, you know, that's what we feel like because we don't know where, where we're going to land and we're just going at a million miles an hour. And, um, you know, you've got to eventually get technology out of your head and just accept what's going on and, and sort of move with it. You try to figure it out, it'll do your head in yeah. really well. And it's also, um, it's not necessarily the best technology that wins either. 
<laughs> like no. you think about video and Betamax. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Betamax and VHS. Yeah. Wow, wasn't isn't that an incredible thing? <laughs> and Betamax was far superior quality, but, but it lost. Yeah, <laughs> exactly, exactly, crazy. And and look at businesses like the the video businesses, the video hire businesses. I mean, like Video Easy and Blockbuster. I mean, they just hit the deck within a few years as soon as streaming came in. I mean, so we're, we're going. Well, you know, Netflix was originally, they used to um, mail the discs out yeah, to you. Yeah, I read his book, actually. It's it's a fascinating read. It wasn't easy for Netflix either, by the way. He went through a lot of drama, but eventually came good. It, it's a really good story for anyone, um, you know, for the second book you want to read from this program. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, what are there any other business books that you've read that that you um, you got some good lessons out of? Oh, yeah. Look, everything I've read, I've, I've picked up a, a huge amount. Um, one of the best books I've ever read, for, for especially for people starting out, is uh, The E-Myth Revisited um, by Michael Gerber. That is just a brilliant, brilliant book. Um, and I learned a lot from that book, especially when we were in retail. Um, I learned a huge amount from... from um, the E-Myth Revisited. I'd recommend that to anyone. But there's there's books like The Richest Man in Babylon. Have you ever read that? It's fascinating. It's written in 1928 by a guy called uh, George Clawson. And um, it was it's written in Babylonian, uh, Babylonian um, parables. And it's not an easy book to read, but it's just so powerful. It is the, the, true, um, the true source of wealth. Is explained in in the richest man in Babylon. What's the, what What's the true source in a nutshell? <laughs> well, basically, there's a there's a formula that you you stick to. You basically um, pay yourself, pay your bills, uh, but the first thing you do is invest. So you in, you 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 take certain. Let's say you earn a hundred thousand a year. You invest thirty thousand of that. Okay, that's the first thing you do. <coughs> then you pay yourself, pardon, then you pay your bills. Um, and that's richest man in Babylon in a nutshell. But you've got to read it to actually really understand it. Um, one, of the other, uh, one of the other books, and it's more a personal development book, is The Four Agreements. Um, that's just fascinating. It's, it's pretty flaky. The first half of it is really flaky, but the second half of it makes up for it. Really quite brilliant. What's the personal development side of the four agreements? What's the kind of code we need to be living by in that? Well, what, what he says is that there are um, that when we when we grow up, we, we make agreements with ourselves. So let's say that you're walking along with your father, um, hand in hand, walking down the street, and a big Doberman pincer comes up and and snarls, you know, gets right in your face and snarls at you and, you know, it's dribbling and growling and you, you're absolutely scared because you're four years old. Now, you could make an agreement with yourself that all Doberman pincers are dangerous or all dogs are dangerous or all animals are dangerous or I don't feel safe with my father. Now, now seriously, you, you start making agreements with yourself and what he says is, that it's like the layers of an onion. We just keep making agreements and there are literally millions of agreements that we make with ourselves and that's how we shape our lives and that's the window that we look through, okay? When we, when we look at 
situations, we look through with all these agreements. Um, uh, yeah. Like layering the perception. We, we actually look through that window of all these agreements have actually made up who we think we are. And what he says is that if you keep these four agreements, all those little agreements will eventually uh, drop off and you will become your true uh, self with just four agreements. You just got to find the right agreements. <laughs> well, no, he, he tells you what the agreements are. And it's, it's fascinating. It's the hardest thing you'll ever do. But it's, it's worth doing, really worth doing. I'm still, I'm a work in progress on that, on that uh, situation, says I can tell you, because I'm human. Yeah, just try to, you know, be yourself, be a person of your word, do what you're going to say you do. Well, yeah, that's a good start. That's a really good start, yeah. My goodness, that was a far and wide conversation there. John, <laughs> thank you so much for joining me today. Uh, what is the website that we can send people to oh, look. to pick up a copy of your book? <laughs> oh, gee, I'm glad you asked me that. <laughs> it's www.the3secretsofbusiness.com. Dot com. So that's www.the number three. So just three secrets of business, three, the number three, secrets of business.com. Excellent. And, and I... there's plenty of, plenty of buy now buttons on the, on the website. And just <laughs> grab the book. And it's, 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 uh, it's only $14.95 Australian. And um, it's, it's got a guarantee, says. Ooh. If you don't get extraordinary value. you're a man of your word. Absolutely. If you don't As get you extraordinary value. you know the agreements. <laughs> that's right, exactly. Um, I'll give people a refund if they don't think it's worthwhile reading. Uh, good on you, John. <laughs> well, I'm happy to you do You don't it. often get that these days. Well, look, I'm, I'm, I'm really, really keen for people to read the book uh, if they're looking to go into business or they've just started in business or even if they're existing business owners. Um, I, I really want people to read the book and I've made it worthwhile and I'm guaranteeing it and giving a free chapter away. I don't know what else I can do. Stand on stage and take off my clothes or something? I don't know. But... <laughs> well, I hope you're not going to be taking your clothes off when no, you go do no, those tours in America because they have this Indecent Exposure Act. <laughs> it, they do. And, it's, and trust me, it's not a good look. So <laughs> I'll be refraining. <laughs> All right. Lovely chatting with you today. Thank you so much for joining me, John. Hey, look, thank you for the opportunity, Sess, and, um, and thank you to the listeners. Um, love you to, to, uh, to join me in the, in the journey of small business. It's fantastic. Thank you. Thanks, Sess. <laughs>